Hi, I'm Christina Rodenbeck, and I'm here with my friend Sally Kirkman from sallykirkman.com, and I'm from the Oxford Astrologer, and we are going to talk about the astrology of the month ahead, which we do every month at around this time. Um, Hi, Sally. Hi, Christina. How are you? You're, You're sounding better than last month, but not completely. Yeah, I'm still, um, yeah, I'm better. I am much, much, much better. But mm. I still, my voice is still a little bit weird, mm. um, a little bit gravelly. Mm. Uh, it's quite I, nice. Yeah, it's, my voice is sounding lived in, right? Yeah, <laughs> like you've been uh, using it a lot. <laughs> like I've been using it a lot, which I kind of have. Um, yeah, so normally we do a little retrodiction right at the beginning, don't we? So what have you got to report of the past month? Well, it's, I mean, we're in eclipse season. Yeah. Big part of this has been the Scorpio Taurus eclipse season. So I've really felt that being a Scorpio and I have my, my Venus is in Scorpio and that's kind of been in the eye of the eclipse. Um, So it has been quite intense and extreme, I've kind of, you know, my moods, I sort of had one week, you know, my new lovely flats and I'm in a new town, one week feeling really lonely and on my own, isolated. Um, And then the next week was completely different. And I was like, oh, this is great. (laughs) Meeting (laughs) friends, getting out and about. So these, I've been very aware of these real swings and a lot of inner change going on. And also in the midst of that, I met up with my ex who I haven't seen for a whole year, um, and that was lovely, actually. He was the brought out all his best characteristics for the meeting. So I was like, oh, he's so nice. <laughs> Although I'm not going back there. But, you know, it reminded me of the things that I did love about him and I do love about partnerships. So I'm very aware of kind of, you know, this being on my own and what I love about partnership in these Scorpio-Taurus eclipses, which is absolutely relevant for what's going on for Scorpio and Taurus, I would suggest as well. Yeah. I mean, it's been a very intense, still, we're still in a very intense time Yeah. because um, it's all connected, isn't it? Of, of course. But, you know, there's been all that, um, the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction of April has continued to give and give um, and connects absolutely to the, recent eclipse on may the night of may 15th six the morning of may 16th mm-hmm. uh in scorpio made it a perfect uh was perfectly aspected by that eclipse point and by neptune so we've had this incredible energy and i would say you know sort of i want to call it psychic energy this energy uh you know this watery energy um and i've really felt that a lot Um, and I, you know, I've had to just, I've had to let go of a lot of, um, the things that normally I, I deal with a lot, uh, that is, you know, keeping in touch with friends, um, seeing people, I have been really lax on that, um, answering emails, you know, all of those kinds of things. I have been letting that all just wash over me because uh, a lot of stuff has been happening inside. Mm. Um, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people who've been finding this time very overwhelming, very watery, who've, mm. um, very, you know, there's people who've been experiencing a lot of grief, but also a lot of joy, you know, as, that uh, a connection to the numinous, I think. Mm. Um, and that's ongoing, really, into the next mm. month that we're going to be talking about. Mm, it is, isn't it? It, it? it does feel kind of, we're, we're in intense times. We're living through intense times. And, um, yeah, I mean, just looking at the astrology of the the month coming up, I mean, it's big astrology. There's so much happening. It does feel like being on a roller coaster ride rather than just plodding along. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's really hard to, I think that it's so strong that you can only let a lot of it just wash over you or through you. Mm. Um, and you can't uh think that you're that much in charge Mm. kind of have to go for the go go for it's like you know when you're um when you're sailing or something when you're on water you can you have to go work with the elements so to speak with the Mm -hmm. wind and the waves Mm. Mm. 
And that, yeah, I think I, I agree. That's how I've been completely. It's like the emotions, different emotions that have come in have dominated and yeah. take, taken me with them. Yeah. Until that emotion passes and then another one comes in and then, okay, we're going with this now. It yeah. does feel very much like that, actually. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and also I do, because, I mean, we have been, we are in Mercury retrograde as we're speaking. Hopefully, Becky stuff will be all right today. Um, but I did have, actually, it's, there's sort of been a few um, twists and turns with that, but I did have quite a nice Mercury retrograde experience in that I, I got sent um, a parcel, which I thought was a gift. Mm. It was some photo frames. I've moved into a new home. And I was trying to find out who'd sent me this gift. Um, and no one, you know, people were saying, oh, no, sorry, I'll send it to you. And then I realized wait, I was waiting for an order of some doggy doorstops, really important to have in your house. Um, and they hadn't turned up. And the company had sent the wrong order. They'd sent these photo frames instead. And it was just as um, we were going into the Mercury retrograde phase um, that we found this out. It was sort of discovered. And I've ended up being able to keep both. They said, oh, oh well, you know. So Mercury retrograde in Gemini, I get both gifts. Yeah, it was a twofer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that was quite nice. <laughs> uh, very lucky. Yeah, Mercury retrograde in Gemini. Well, we're going to be talking about that, aren't we? Mm. Um, it's. Uh, I think it's actually quite a useful retrograde myself. But um, so, what else? I mean, we're going into. I mean, the other thing that, that you know that's been dominating the news, which I found kind of, it's interesting that we've had these weird, these the tacky, tacky court cases. Um, going on. So there's the Johnny Depp one and Amber Heard that we talked about last time, which is this sort of scandalous and really distasteful uh, court case in the States. And here we have this one that everybody's dubbed Wagatha Christie um, because it's between two footballers' wives, Wags, um, one of whom had, one of whom has accused the other of whom of leaking stories to the press about her. And the leaker or alleged leaker has taken the first one to court claiming that she didn't. Um, and it's very kind of, basically it is really tacky, but it's also interesting because it does reflect something about the zeitgeist in that it's to do with leaking stories and scandal again, which is this Neptune and Pisces thing of mm. uh, trashiness. Um, mm. But also that I feel that there's something about that South node currently in Scorpio, which is about sort of wrestling in the mud, you know, people are wrestling in the mud because Scorpio is about the kind of drecky stuff, the hidden stuff that people don't want to talk about. And here it is all kind of coming out, all this terrible, dirty laundry coming out. Mm. And that fits with this eclipse a lot. And mm. what's interesting about the the second case, the, the Wagatha case, is that the person who brought the suit seems to be losing really badly. She, right. In fact, her reputation is ruined. Mm. Um, and if she hadn't brought the suit, she could have just let it all pass. Mm. Um, but there we go. And, you know, the one who brought the suit, Rebecca Vardy, is an Aquarius. So Saturn's in her going over her son. Mm -hmm. She's uh, suing uh, an Aries, Colleen uh, Rooney. Yeah. Who do you think is going to win that one then? Well, she's got Jupiter on her side, hasn't she? <laughs> yeah, I think we can guess. I would go, I would put my money on the Rooneys. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's 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 and I kind of find it interesting that it is the Johnny Depp Amber Heard. I mean, you know, she's a Taurus, he's a Gemini. The fact that it's still going on after we were talking about it a month later is absurd, really. But it is also, you know, moving into Gemini season. I think that also it's this she said, he said, you know, it's all this Gemini can be this tip for tat stuff, can't it? It's this, you know, that you get into this argument, this sort of my side, you know, their side. Um, and it is one of the it's one of the mutable, flexible signs. Yeah. So you do get these, you know, this duality or this kind of fight going on, this conflict between the different aspects of Gemini. Yeah. Do you know what I feel about that one? I it's a revenge tragedy. Mm. 
you know, uh, it's the wanting to take revenge. And that is to me very Scorpio. And that game, yeah. South yeah, Node yeah. Scorpio, there's eclipse in Scorpio. Yeah. As we pointed out last month, they have a conjunction of Venus in Taurus, which is being, which is opposite this eclipse. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and that's really what it's about. It's tragic. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, tragic fools as, you know, anybody who's watched, you think of, not that I think that Johnny Depp is Shakespeare, a Shakespearean hero or anything, but, but it's always happens in tragedy that you are the, that you sow the seeds of your own destruction. Mm. You know, it's mm. your own choices that have brought that bring you to that destruction, mm. whether it's, and, and both of these also seem to be cases of hubris. You know, mm. we think we're, we're more important. Someone pointed out also with this Wagatha one and with the Johnny Depp one is these are millionaires fighting each other mm. and it, they wouldn't, normal people wouldn't even be able to afford to bring these cases. Yeah. And what does that say about our justice systems? Yeah. Which is also, and also the Taurus Scorpio axis has been about money as well, hasn't it? Oh my God. In, hasn't in it just? The, the, the crypto crash, which happened just as Mercury turned retrograde. Um, You know, Mercury is also linked to the markets. Its name's in merchandise and stock markets and all of that. Um, So that was kind of the trigger. But it's these these eclipses. It's when you're on this kind of rocky ride when it comes to money. We've got Uranus, the planet of the unexpected in Taurus, the sign of money. Um, And I did notice that one of the the Bitcoins that was almost eclipsed was called Luna. You Mm. know, we are coming to... You know, there was this lunar eclipse as well. Yeah. So, yeah, so big extremes around money. I think a lot of people are finding that at the moment that what well, we were talking about bills oh, and, God. you know, the bills of money going out and, you know, needing to bring more money in. I mean, it's, it's money is a huge theme for so many people right now. And it's, um, again, too, that's, there's a, you're on a roller coaster ride with money as well during this, this period. Well, I think actually that it's um, that's going to go on. I mean, we because we know that these eclipses are matched by other eclipses later in the year, which there's one that's just as strong in Taurus in November. So the cost of living crisis, which we're in, is not going away. Yeah, it's actually just reality check now because that recent eclipse made the square to Saturn, you know, this is reality check. You're going to set, you're actually getting the bills in. I mean, we, in my household, we have started getting the actual new pricing in for things like electricity, which is absolutely unbelievable. You know how much it's gone up mm-hmm. and walking tripled, I think. Yeah. Do the math. Uh, yeah, I know. And that was like all the, it's a, oh, it'll be go up by 50%. I don't think that's been true for hardly anyone that I know. It's it's either doubled or tripled. Yeah. It's tripled. By, you know, it's much more. So. Yeah. Which is un, actually unsustainable for a country. You can't do that to people. Um, so that's also going to be interesting is what, how this, how this works out. You know, this is, this, it's some people will not be able to deal with this. Yeah. Um, and that I also associate with that south node in um, Scorpio is drains, you know, stuff going just like pouring money away. The money is being poured away. Um, and that's, I think, what it feels like for a lot of people is suddenly uh, a hole is opened up in front of them. Yeah. On happier news, I've sold that house in France, I think. Fingers crossed. I won't speak too soon because it's Mercury retrograde right now. But the house in France, I think, is going. And so because that was a big uh, money drain for my family that we, you know, it was very expensive. Mm. Um, So hopefully that that particular. um, You'll be plugging um, that hole. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's it's now not going to be able to do that. Mm. Yeah, it was it was just it was like being sucked dry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Gemini season, we're moving. It is. It is. I mean, it's so different, isn't it? Moving into Gemini season from Taurus. There's this sort of, you know, s- slow, steady. Well, on some level, and then Gemini comes in, and it's all kind of ideas and talking and chatter, and maybe being more social. We'll see. We'll see if it comes in. Um, you know, that's. I mean, Gemini is one of the air signs. It 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 needs to interact. It needs to kind of. Um, brainstorm so it's a very different energy from this 
the sun's moved through Taurus when we're moving into Gemini season. Yeah, I love Gemini. I love that. I love both Taurus and Gemini season. And I love that feeling of, you know, obviously here it, it, it's spring. It's beautiful. And in Gemini season, you turn, you know, it's you coming up to midsummer then. And that, so it's these, these two months here where the days are getting longer. They're so long. You have these beautiful long evenings. The flowers are blooming mm. and it's incredibly lush at the moment as the spring has been gorgeous again. Mm. Um, uh, you can cut the air with the, the scent at night. The air is thick with scent here. You can, you can um, I would say you can cut it with a knife, but that's not a very good description of scent. Uh, uh, perfumed. So the the gardens are perfumed. At yeah. the moment. And I love that feeling, that thing in Gemini season of the perfume, the, the fragrance in the air. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to Gemini season. Uh, which it begins on the 21st of May, doesn't it? That's when the sun goes into Gemini. Yeah. Talk about the month ahead then. Let's move on. Let's yeah. to talk about Gemini's in, in, in general, just because we sometimes do. I know you have a lot of, don't you have a lot of tennis players who are Gemini's? Oh, loads of them. I mean, it's, yeah, loads of them. I mean, Djokovic, Nadal, um, more from the past as well. Yeah. It's a very, you know, no surprise. It's that, um, hand-eye coordination and quick you need to be you need to be moving around fast <laughs> then it's cool so um so yeah it's a very it's very uh typical sign mm, uh, lots of journalists. Of, sorry lots of journalists are gemini yeah. as well. oh journalists and people in the media that's yeah. their domain isn't it you know the tv presenters people in the media i mean that's that's where they thrive really because it is it's communication but it's I mean, being a Scorpio, Gemini is a soulmate sign. Mm-hmm. It's not straight ahead. It's one to the right. And I end up having a lot of Gemini friends in my life who I love. And there is that kind of gathering of information and that lust for knowledge. There's that curiosity. But Scorpios sometimes do it on a deeper level, mm-hmm. whereas Geminis, they want all kinds of different information. They want to find out this and that. And they love that kind of chatter. Um, you know the chit chat and the finding out facts and things. It's it's a slightly different level to Scorpio, but I think the star signs have a lot in common actually. Mm. Mm. Yeah, Scorpio needs to develop expertise really, whereas um, Gemini needs to just know a lot of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, true. Um, gathering it's an information gathering and sharing sign yeah. is one of the things that it does, and it's interesting that this month on the day that the sun goes into Gemini, it makes a conjunction with Mercury, which is the ruler of Gemini. Mercury retrograde, of course. Yeah. Um, But I wonder if there's going to be some information coming out, some big secrets coming out on that day. It's like, pew, Um, some new revelations, some, I mean, it's, I I quite, I like it when the sun and mercury make these conjunctions mm. um because it it signals that the retrograde is beginning to do other stuff you know it's mm. it's from that time on you get the sort of more smoothing out of of all the issues that have come up during the met retrograde mm. and you you're beginning to sort out those problems of course then mercury dives back into taurus for the yeah. rest of them, which is interesting too I know. Um, only uh, well, it's because it's at zero degrees Gemini, isn't it? Yeah. It's right at the beginning of Gemini, so Mercury's getting ready to go back into Taurus on the twenty third. I do. I mean, I like the Sun Mercury uh, retrograde conjunction, which always happens halfway through the three weeks, because it can often be a real time of insight, illumination. You know, something does kind of the Mer- Mercury's so close to the light of the Sun. Um, in the zodiac, you know, in the in the place it's at, that something does get illuminated by the sun. So I think it's a really good time. It's probably going to be a good time to sort of speak up or, you know, read something or or have a conversation. I mean, it's that kind of feel um, and, and gather information that then is going to be useful moving forwards. It's obviously, um, you know, it's a big sibling one as well. I mean, Mercury and Gemini are about siblings. Mm. um both of them and i wonder whether it's you know having some kind of understanding of your sibling relationships or 
it's also a sign that I associate quite often with friendship, close these close friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, those become there's some clarity that you get around one of those relationships at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's especially true maybe for Sagittarians because it's in their opposite mm-hmm. um, sign, but also maybe for Aries because it's actually in the in the you know house of the siblings. Yeah, and and Leo as well, it's friendships. So for all the fire signs, particularly, you know, relevant for those connections, friendships. But, yeah, as you say, Aries is siblings. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I and then it goes into Taurus, and that's going to feel quite a shift, I think. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's the sun sort of speeding up in a way. Yeah. Moving into um, Gemini. Mercury says, no, we're not ready yet. Yeah. No, (laughs) I just, there's just some things I forgot. So yeah. at the eclipse, yes. by the way, the eclipse yes. that, that happened on this, you know, the, that, uh, the mid-May eclipse, because that's where Mercury's on his way back to. He's going back to the point of the eclipse. He is. When he did turns, he get there? He turns direct on June the 3rd at 26 Taurus, so which is where the May 16th eclipse takes place. So um, he forgot some stuff. He's going to yeah. go collect it. And he's going to talk about it. Yeah. Well. And speaking again, I think this is about secrets and mm. stuff coming out mm. and rethinking. And it's been thinking of that, um, how we were talking about the um, cost of living crisis <laughs> that we're all in the midst of, you know, maybe, I mean, fingers crossed, this may be some, ret- you know, um, I want to say maybe some governments will re- will change their minds about how they're dealing with this, you know, mm. and, and uh, help people a little bit or have a rethink because this is what Mercury retrograde is about. It's about rethinking how you're handling things. Yeah. Um, and the thing that's being handled or rethought is that very eclipse point, all those things that we were talking about connected to that, mm. to, this, um, to Scorpio. Yeah, and it's interesting because often, you know, there's there's kind of eclipse law is is to wait a few days yeah. before taking action or making a decision. But this time around, it's actually wait until Mercury turns direct. Yeah. Really and- review all your options, think things through. If there's something you, you know, big thing that um event that's that's you're wanting to deal with, I think you need to wait for the Mercury turning direct on the third. Yeah, I just want to correct myself as well, which because so the eclipse was in Scorpio, but Mercury is going back to Taurus at 26 degrees, but that's exactly opposite the eclipse. So when yeah. the moon was at um was in Scorpio, but the sun on the eclipse was in Taurus at that degree, just to yeah. be clear about it. Yeah. So um in case there's some confusion there. So it's triggering the the Scorpio eclipse by going back into Taurus. Yeah, and and what's kind of interesting as well, Venus joins Mercury. Yeah, it's very interesting. Venus moves into Taurus. I think it's on the twenty eighth of May. You know, into so she's coming out Mars sign Aries and moving into one of her signs of rulership. Mm-hmm. So I think particularly for Taurus Scorpio, I mean, what was I was talking about at the beginning about you know this importance of relationships or people coming back into your life. I mean, this could be quite a rich and fertile time for relationships. But again, just wait for that Mercury to turn direct because it always brings new information to light or something um, hidden, something you weren't seeing. You might find out more on that, um, you know, as Mercury turns. But it does feel kind of quite rich and lush and fertile still in Taurus. Um, Oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, I love Venus in Taurus. mm. It's one of the best placements for her. Yeah. Um, of course, it's fantastic for anybody who's a Taurus as well. You know, when yeah. you get your own um, goddess come walks into your sign once a year, it's it's usually three weeks. They're very good. You know, you're very attractive, and, or yeah. you're and yeah. you're that Taurian ability to really enjoy the now, the good things in life, food, clothes, sex. It becomes even more so when Venus is in Taurus. And we all get a little piece of that, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, depending on where it falls in your chart. But obviously it's great for Scorpios. Yeah. Um, and Capricorn, I'd say, because it's Capricorn's pleasure sector. Yeah. Which is is really lovely. So, so yeah, it is a time to kind of 
I think it's a time to indulge the senses and, you know, make the most of those those simple pleasures. It's kind of the, the pleasures that are free, actually, yeah. you know, the things that don't cost you money. Um, I mean, there's so much beauty and joy in the world. So it's it's really highlighting that and focusing on that, um, you know, so making the most of it. It's, it's a gorgeous transit, as you say, Venus in Taurus. I and it happens every lot. year. And yeah. as you say, it's the free stuff, you know, yeah. it's rolling around in the grass and yeah. smelling the flowers and having very, very nice sheets, although maybe that costs something. But um, and this year, Mercury is also in Taurus. So we're not leaving Taurus season abruptly, are we? We've still got a lot of energy. And and because mm-hmm. the nodes are also in Taurus, this is a Taurian, that's this Taurian spring lushness is carrying into gemini season a yeah. lot yeah um and mercury is going to be there i can't remember for how much longer but a lot longer mm. um you know ter- mercury turns retro uh, direct on the third of june doesn't it and then when does it leave taurus it's mid it's mid-june it's june the 13th mercury moves back into gemini um, and then really it's the end of the shadow phase for those people who like to deal with the shadow phase, June the 18th. So actually for most of Gemini season, um, Mercury is retracing its steps in Taurus, mm-hmm. um, intensifying that in a way. And a lot of this, I mean, it's interesting that, we, you know, Gemini season is always about words. It's about the exchange of um, Billet Doux, you know, um, it's the exchange of words or words of, I, I'm thinking of, you know, it's, it's a sign that's associated with songwriting, isn't it? Yeah. Songwriters like Paul yeah. McCartney, et cetera, who are Gemini's who can find the words or Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan's the classic, isn't he? Yeah. That the words come out and it's interesting that Mercury's back in Taurus mm. looking for the words. It's like he's lost the words and he's finding them. Mm. Mm. Um. So people may be, may be retracting stuff that they've said, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes me think of those court cases you're talking Exactly, about. those court cases. <laughs> um, mm. So, okay, so where are we with all this? Um, so that's a major, it's, and the thing that we haven't really discussed yet is what Mars is up to at the moment my god mars is so important in this last week of may as well Mm. so so because we've been talking about these sort of lighter planets but mars is a hefty still inner planet Mm. and it's moving from pisces on the 25th is it uh it is the 24th may 24th it, it leaves pisces yep and, and, that, and that's really, really important, mm. uh, more important this year than ever, because yeah, yeah. it's moving out of mutual reception with Jupiter as well. So right now, as we're speaking, Mars and Jupiter are in mutual reception. So that means that Mars is in Pisces, the sign that is ruled by Jupiter. Jupiter is in Aries, the sign that's ruled by Mars. Mm. So they're working together. And so you have a Jupiter that's got quite a lot of Pisces going on still and a Mars that's got a little bit of Aries going on with it already. Um, And this gives a lot of energy to those particular things, wherever that falls in your chart, those two planets, those two signs are falling in your chart. Mm, Yeah. Cause the other thing that's quite interesting is that, you know, it's the only inner planet. I mean, the both Mercury communication and Venus love relating they both triggered the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in mm. Pisces. But Mars meets Neptune on mm. the 18th of May. It met Neptune, but it doesn't meet Jupiter in Pisces, does it? It's the only one because Jupiter's already left. Yeah. So you get this major Mars-Jupiter conjunction in Aries. Not long after Mars moves into Aries, it's on the 29th. But I would also say that that Mars then is taking the energy from the neptune and pisces that it has the conjunction and it takes it to the jupiter so it's reimagining rethinking re, it's re-triggering the conjunction of jupiter and neptune that we had earlier but yep. now that 
that energy has moved has is half Aries. So it's about initi- initiative, mm-hmm. starting new things, the mm-hmm. beginnings of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Mars going into Aries is always about starting something new. This happens yeah. every two years or so. But yep. this time around, because it's going to make this conjunction of Jupiter and it's taking this massive tidal wave of energy with it, it's like a surfer, you know, on the front of this mm-hmm. Neptune wave and it surfs straight into Aries. Mm. up onto it gets to the beach you know um that dry beach of aries and runs on those jupiter um but because it's meeting jupiter this is about starting something big you know a big thing so if you have anything that you want to begin whether that's a big love affair or a big business this could be a really good time even though there's mercury retrograde going on this Mm -hmm. The power of this conjunction is such that that wouldn't, you know, this overrides that. Yeah, and I, I agree with that completely because I think the end of May, you know, you've got the Mars-Jupiter conjunction on the 29th. There's also a new moon in Gemini on the 30th. So I think things can be pushed through before Mercury turns direct, which I've sometimes seen happen. Um, Mars and Jupiter together, I mean, they're just a real, you know, they're courageous. It's a wash of energy it's um you know it's like freedom fighters and and what's interesting for me is that it's all happening in Aries which is the sign of the individual so it's Mm -hmm. a reminder that individual action can make a real impact in the world as well um Mm -hmm. you know it's quite volatile energy because Mars rules Aries it's now stronger than Jupiter in a way in you know in Aries so Mars is taking charge um but on a personal level, I think it's a time to be bold, to be daring. For Aries, this is incredible to have Mars and Jupiter together in your star sign. I mean, begin something new. Just And Aries is great at that. The, you know, the first sign, the zodiac, spontaneous, leap, take a leap of faith. It's, it's jumping into things. Um, and I think that Mars-Jupiter is encouraging that. Yeah, and I would say for those of us who are not Aries, Watch out for the Aries and the Mars Marsy people in your life because they may be really going off on a on one. <laughs> you know, yeah. because this is actually we're not talking about a rational, calculated um thing here. It this is about uh, you know speed in Aries mm. uh, and not thinking about things. And also it's a warrior. It's the warrior planet in the warrior sign. Yeah. Um, so, and it's less, it's not controlled like Mars and Scorpio can be, is quite controlled. But Mars and Aries is like, wow. Um, so I would expect it's quite explosive, this energy, I think. So uh, be, just to be aware of that. I mean, for example, I wouldn't, you know, uh, on that day, I wouldn't want to be um, traveling too far, I don't think. Um, because, well, maybe you'd want to go really far and really fast. You could go to the moon and back or something on that energy, mm-hmm. but some people will not be, uh, under control. Let's put it like that. Yeah, no, I know what you, I know, I know what you're saying, but I kind of, I like it for movement. And and then you've got the new moon in Gemini, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it feels like movement. Yes. It may not suit everybody. I agree. I think it's going to be really interesting for cancer because it falls in cancer's career sector, this Mars-Jupiter. But it does kind of, you know, that's who's in control. I mean, cancer's one of the cardinal signs, one of the leaders of the zodiac. So it may kind of get cancerians revved up and ready to start something new in the, you know, in the business realm. Um, Mm. But also it could be someone you're dealing with who embodies this Mars-Jupiter energy who's kind of almost too much or a real force to be reckoned with and you get swept along with it. Um, really exciting. Um, I also think funnily for Cancerians, there's something in there about making a, yeah, it's making a public statement, isn't it? Uh, or doing something public, yeah. uh, whether that's career or even like marriage or just being on the red carpet somehow, there's something very kind of public about that Mars Jupiter, mm. um, which, you know, like it's very good for sports, actually, is what I'm thinking for people yeah. breaking records. 
Yep. You know, uh, um, because well, Mars is like the active athletic uh, planet. You know, so what we associate with athletes is having a strong Mars. This Mars in Aries is incredibly strong, making conjunction Jupiter. I'm sure that there will be records broken in the mm-hmm. next uh, couple of, it's like five weeks that Mars will be in there. But I, I don't know what records need to be broken, but it's about that going a little bit further because Jupiter is boundless. You know, it's bre- about breaking boundaries. Mm-hmm. And Mars comes in and breaks through that. I mean, I wouldn't want to make any predictions about the war in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But there, I would, you know, be watching that with this yeah. Mars Jupiter energy. Yeah, no, it's vol- it's volatile as well, isn't it? I mean, it is a volatile it energy. Is. It's got a war, so and Jupiter expands what it touches. So, yeah, I mean, it is a uh, it's a, a, a scary time actually. I think for um, yeah, and it, it's suggesting that the boundaries are somehow broken yeah. with that energy whether that means the war actually spreads um or some or this works out in a different way um meanwhile i mean speaking of the war what is happening with the goddess of peace is that she's actually she's she's left aries now um and she's moved into taurus i don't know if that means she's washed her hands of the whole thing um or whether actually she's very strong too. Um, So you've got a very strong Venus throughout from the 28th of May and a very strong Mars from the 29th of May, which is also interesting. They're both in their own signs um, right next door to each other. Uh, So I I, I like the fact that Venus is actually strong. I'm hopeful. It makes me more hopeful about that situation. And, And actually just thinking about that for Libra, Wow, that could be an exciting time for love and relationships, couldn't it? That could be a a huge passion where they, you know, where Libra leaps into that as the Mars Jupiter's in your relationship sector, and you've got this kind of real sexy Venus actually in Taurus for you. Um, yeah, so, yeah, things moving really quickly and fast mm. with regard to relationships. The other people that are really affected by that Mars-Jupiter um, conjunction are Sagittarians, of course, and even Pisces, because you're both ruled by mm. Jupiter. So when you have that conjunction with Mars, again, that gives you a big, uh, a big belt of energy. And for Sagittarians, I think this is especially nice, actually. It's like you might get on the plane, you know, yeah. you take the journey, take off. And speaking of going very fast somewhere, you know, or again, um, you know, break a record, break your own record, whatever that is, however many times you go around the world. Um, but yeah, and it could be about children. Off. It could be about children too, couldn't it, for Sagittarius? It might be, you know, being really proud of what's happening for a child and, and seeing their life move forward at a fast rate, actually. Maybe, yeah. maybe Sagittarius's children breaking records. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I always and I associate that house with sports, um, yes. that, that angle of the chart with sports. So you know, you may be breaking your own, you know. And also, I think that it's about being more, you know, doing something daring with this. Mm. You know, you might do something physically daring. You know, take the bungee jump. Mm. Um, and yeah. I can see them to like I don't know, doing some marathons, you know, mm. or. Um, something like that and why not or start training for the marathon now mm-hmm. um and also the other the other sign i think that that's um, important for is scorpio because it's in scorpio's health and fitness sector yeah. in a way so you know it's a good time for scorpios to be really getting that mars energy um and and, and really getting on a fitness drive or mm-hmm. coming up with some doing strength training but something really harnessing the power of that mars and just the other fire sign, Leo, you know, obviously this is about, again, it's about taking risks. It may also be about travel for Leo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's about taking some kind of risk. And it's about maybe about taking a risk with, uh, you know, knowledge. So it would be about publishing your idea, starting a new course, um, you know, that kind of thing. And it would be 
if you started a new course of study, if you were a Leo, for example, I think that you would find that it went very quickly and that you were able to cut through it incredibly fast and mm-hmm. learn it very, very fast or, uh, you know, reverso, teach it very fast. Yeah. And interesting, I mean, you picked up on Pisces, um, money sector, things happening fast there, whether it's coming in, going out, swirling around. I mean, it's a lot of energy in Pisces money sector. So it could be a time to, you know, to leap in. It could be. To leap in around money, because, of course, the Mercury is retrograde in Taurus for a few more days. But I think there's going to, I think the 29th, 30th, with the Mars, Jupiter and the new moon is going to get, you know, it's going to be hard not to take the initiative, move things forward, push things through before Mercury turns direct. And I think that's fine. Do you know, because Mercury's already made the conjunction to the sun on the 21st. So it's gotten past that point. Uh, It's just a Mercury retrograde kind of uh, thing that you're pushing forward, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Something deeper that you're looking deeper into, you know, or something about, uh, say, reclaiming land or something ecological. I'm just thinking of the fact that Mercury's in Taurus retrograde. Um, so, you know, uh, the idea that you're reclaiming something or redoing something and initiating that around then would be incredibly powerful. Or yeah. rewilding, your rewilding project, start it then. Yeah. Uh, or publicize it then. It yeah. is a very kind of powerful confluence of of cosmic forces around that the thirtieth. Uh, mm. mm. I like that new moon. I'm just looking at the chart for it. Yeah, um, I do. I mean, it's an important new moon for for Gemini. Mm. You know, it's in your star sign, um, and and it is this sense of having to really retrace, go back to the past with Mercury and Taurus, the sign before yours. Um, or reviewing or revising or chasing things up, um, really kind of use your skills of persuasion or use your, you know, your gift of the gab to, to start chasing things up, to get the ideas coming, to line things up, getting ready to move things forward. It's an exciting, I mean, when you get a new moon in your star sign, this is about personal goals. It's about kind of your identity. It's, it's how others see you. It's your image, your profile. Um, so it, it feels like a, a lot of strong energy for Gemini. And you've got the Mars Jupiter in your friendship sector as well. So, you know, gather inspiration or people around you, get the influence of others. Um, it does feel quite exciting. Yeah, I like that period. I mean, it's good for Virgo as well, that new moon, because it's right on your up the peak of your chart. Yeah. Um, so, you know, start a new chapter in your career. You know, it's just a it's just a yearly one. It's not like a huge major thing. But, you know, it's always a good time to be thinking about what you want to initiate for the next 12 months in terms of your public profile mm. or your status. Mm. Um, it's a pause there. Uh, it's interesting that there's the that new moon is sort of on its own in Gemini. Everything, all the other planets are elsewhere doing other stuff in other parts of the sky. Yeah, which gives it a kind of slightly freewheeling aspect. You know, like you can do what you don't want with that new moon. Yeah, um, it's not. Uh, I mean, it's making what's it aspecting even? Well, really, not a lot. No. It's kind of it's a pure new moon, isn't it? It's a pure new moon. Um, it's new moon energy. It's forward moving energy. Yeah, and I always think that the new moon after an eclipse, which this one is, yeah, it's not like the eclipse energy comes to an end, boom, stop like that. But it does mark the end of a certain amount of intensity of the eclipse season, if you see what I mean. So that's. Mm-hmm. This eclipse season is marked by this very floating around new moon, this airy new moon that's not that tethered. Mm. Um, so I actually think that, in fact, having said that it usually marks the end of eclipse season, this time not so much. Why? Because Mercury's gone back to the eclipse point mm. um, and it's still dragging stuff out of there. So I think we'll probably have another two weeks where we're feeling that eclipse energy pretty strongly. Mm, yeah, I'm leaking over from mid-May. Yeah, 
Um, okay, where are we? Well, we should move on to, I mean, it's, you know, we both got quite excited about what was happening at the end of May. Um, but moving into June. Well, there's Mercury goes direct. I mean, that's really the first thing that happens, isn't it? Yeah, it goes direct on the third. And then the following day, Saturn turns retrograde Which in Aquarius. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, it's kind of like a door opens and then you realise maybe something's not possible. Yeah. Saturn comes along and says, no, you can't do that. You know, the information comes to light and you get stopped in your tracks. I mean, that's a possibility with Mercury turning direct and then Saturn turning retrograde or it's some kind of reality check. It's definitely um, a reality check. And I'd like to point out that actually they're making an aspect to each other at this point, a yeah. hard aspect. Yes. So I think that Mercury may run into Saturn trouble. You know, you can't do that. And this is, I think it may, I wonder if these lawsuits are going to end back to the lawsuits, but it's like, right, that's it. This is the rule. These are the boundaries. Stop. We're not going forward anymore. Um, you know. Yeah, but I just, I mean, they don't quite make the aspect. That's true. Mercury goes back to 26 and then says, oh, no, I'm going the other way. Yeah. <laughs> and run off. It's like, oh, I'm going to bump into Saturn. Okay, let's run off. <laughs> yeah. It's because the Saturn makes the boundary, right? Yeah. Saturn yeah. draws the line. Yeah. And then yeah. Saturn is going to, I mean, one of the good things about this is I quite like the fact that Saturn's going to be retrograde for a while um, because Saturn's been going along really fast and really hard. Yeah. Since, when was it? Since December, is that right? I mean, it's been catapulting along for, I mean, going, struggling along as fast as his yeah. old withered legs can carry him. Yeah. He's, tottering along really quickly um you know making these um and there's been a lot of stuff about laws actually i'm just thinking about roe versus wade um which is i would associate with saturn and aquarius these are laws and rules to do with society mm. as aquarius is society um there's been a lot of stuff about that in the news um and, you know, here there's been all this stuff with the attorney general and et cetera. There's been a lot of stuff around the judiciary here. Um, and I think that it, it gives everybody a pause and it's time to rethink and stop trying to change these laws so quickly and make these new rules. Um, I don't even dare think about what's happening with those poor people in um, China being taped into their houses. You know, this lockdown in China is just terrible yeah um and i'm hoping that that isn't it just feels inhumane it's not dreadful i'm hoping that that retrograde might help that release an easing an easing way of this kind of draconian authority yeah uh, with it yeah i mean i just on a personal level i think it's interesting time for taurus and aquarius because Mm. you know you've got this mercury running off in taurus I mean, maybe maybe it's kind of escaping some kind of limitation or, you know, getting out the line of fire for Taurus um, and, and, you know, not wanting to, to do what an authority figure says or a parental figure says. Um, and, and for Aquarius, too, it might be about holding the line somehow, needing to, to kind of stand firm, um, maybe around a family situation, I think, as well. So interesting time for those two star signs in particular. Yeah, and actually for their opposite numbers as well, right? Uh, Scorpio for, and for Leo. Leo. Yeah. Yeah, and Scorpio. So for Leo, you know, that Merc, that Saturn turning retrograde can mean that you may have found some people really blocking you or some you may have had been having some difficulty in certain relationships. Um, and that may ease, actually, as, the, as Saturn turns retrograde. Although, I mean, I think that speaking to a lot of Leos, they've actually been establishing from ver- some very good, strong new relationships in the past couple of years. And that's been quite intense. Um, and, and maybe this is, allows you to ease off and, and recalibrate and think about how things have changed. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I know some Leos who are um, dealing more with endings around relationships. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, the Saturn, uh, when Saturn turns retrograde on the 4th, that could be quite a definitive time. 
Yeah, it's quite good. You know, it can be like letting go of a relationship that is just not working. Mm. You know, and actually speaking of reality check, understanding that that's it, finished, it's over. Yeah, um, and that's always hard because there's nothing soft about Saturn, right? It's no. always hard, but it's a good yeah. realization. And making with the connection with Mercury seems to me that this can be literally about paperwork coming through for like a divorce, for a separation. Mm. You know, that you, there's been some delay and now it's going to go ahead, especially when the Mercury goes retrograde. There's a connection there. Mm. Uh, and there's a connection, obviously, with money also, sorting out the money situation. Yeah. Yeah. So we should we should move on because I'm just aware of the time. We should kind of look at the full moon, shouldn't we, on the 14th? Yeah, let's look at that full moon. I mean, it's kind of interesting leading up to that full moon. I mean, there's a Venus-Uranus conjunction in Taurus on the 11th. Always, well, I mean, that can bring surprises both ways, can't it, in the money sector? But there's, it's kind of, it, it's that full moon is is towards the end of Gemini season. Um, and it falls at 23 Sagittarius. So it is also picking up the square to Neptune. It's making square to the Neptune. It's making a square to the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction from April. Yeah. So, you know, it's pinging that again, isn't it? Just quickly like to mention about the Venus-Uranus, though, that the volatility in money and currency carries on (laughs) with Venus and Taurus, doesn't it? It's not a stabilizing force this time because Taurus isn't stable at the moment. No, Uranus is there and will be there for another few years yet. Yeah, um, so all so. the Taurus stuff that people just assume Taurus is like the stable sign. Well, that's not yeah. the story of Taurus right now. Taurus is a sign that's changing. Mm. Um, yeah, so this full moon at 23 is, again, do you know, it's interesting. The, is it just aspecting being, uh, Neptune? Is that the only aspects that it's casting? Um, it, it's the only major one, yes. It's something dreamy about it, mm. that full moon. There's something romantic about it, actually. And maybe it's, there's a lot of wild stuff going on around, but there's something very beautiful about that full moon. Mm, there is. And I think it is, It is. you know, there are reverberations of the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction during it. And it may bring something to resolution in a way some kind of insight or understanding about what's been going on over the last few months. I mean, a lot of people have had to surrender or found it very emotional or overwhelming um, with this Jupiter-Neptune. And it's been hard to make sense of things. But maybe this full moon is a time when you kind of see the situation or see what's been going on with a bit more clarity. And therefore, you can, you know, you can make decisions based on based on what becomes clear. I mean, the full moon, I love full moons. It's the light of the moon. It's at its brightest. It kind of, you know, illuminates the situation. And there is this sense of clarity around it. I agree. And I think what I'm getting is that this is like, so we've had months of this really amazing Piscean energy, this amazing psychic energy, these extraordinary eclipses. And you come into June now and you have this full moon now you can write the song about it or you can paint mm-hmm. the picture about it or you can write the story about it because it's not necessarily that you have absolute clarity but you have um but you can make it into art right mm-hmm. and whatever that whatever that means to you and this i would be very interested i think people should really be paying attention to their dreams now by the way currently but also around this full moon, that's an amazing dreaming full moon. Um, it's a beautiful full moon. And that, that counts for everybody, I, I think. Um, obviously, especially uh, Sagittarius and Gemini, mm-hmm. uh, Virgo, you know, that the, there may be some, as you say, clarity. It's like a revelation or like a washing clean of a certain situation. It's like the rain stops and you wipe the windows and you can see. And what you see isn't so awful. It's actually, yeah. there may, that might be really beautiful. There's also, I think um, it's, it's important to point out that 
because um, the other aspect that it does make, actually, well, the sun does make, is a trine to Saturn. And yeah. Saturn and Neptune are making this really interesting semi-sextile. Um, because of Saturn turning retrograde, Saturn and Neptune stay both at 25 of their respective signs, Saturn, Aquarius, Neptune, Pisces. Um, and, and we'll feel this energy at the full moon. And I kind of feel, you know, the Jupiter-Neptune was very hopeful. It's about dreams, but sometimes you can't anchor them. You can't, you know, make them manifest. And maybe with Saturn working alongside um, the Neptune, there's a chance to actually, you know, those dreams or ideas or, you know, creative imagination, the things that have been bubbling up during the Jupiter-Neptune, the Saturn maybe enable you to sort of bring, make them real, bring yeah. them into life. I mean, that's yeah. the best way it could play out. I mean, the Saturn-Neptune themes are uh, quite complex. It's very complex, but I like that. And I think that, that you're right. And it also, there's another, re, you know, it's good that that Saturn is stationing. Mm. It's a very, very strong Saturn in June, isn't mm. it? Mm. Um, it's really, really um things are getting very real with that Saturn. Um, Cause when set, when it's, when, when a planet stations, it's actually at sort of maximum strength. Sometimes it's got this punchiness and Saturn is in its favorite sign too. So we have this immensely powerful Saturn and a mm-hmm. very powerful Neptune because Neptune's in Pisces. And mm-hmm. when you get planets uh, making that, especially outer planets, really making that perfect semi-sextile, aspect it's not an aspect that we normally look at so strongly in a, in a natal chart but i mean i would definitely because they're both at the same degree but when it's this tight like this it becomes an incredibly strong anchor in yeah. the chart mm-hmm. um, and they and they're working together but both from their own places of strength yeah um so there's something also here about community. Um, and I, to me, there, this has been one of the themes of this year so far is thinking about community and how we fit into community uh, and also into um, spiritual community. You know, what are we doing as in groups to connect with the numinous, connect with the other side? because we can all do stuff on our own, but what are we doing in groups? And the reason it's about groups is because of this Aquarius Pisces energy, mm. these signs that are about the collective. Yeah. And I would say Aquarius Pisces and also Capricorn, because Pluto's still in Capricorn and Pluto's at 28 degrees. So it's within also within this powerful, um, I want to say triad, of planets in these collective signs they're actually very closely making close connections um so neptune is sextiling pluto and pluto is uh, and and they're both semi and uh saturn is right in between those two holding them and saying make something manifest what is this pluto neptune thing going on as well Mm. um yeah, it's very interesting. And that is a theme of this whole part of this year so far. And it's suddenly becomes even stronger or more clear or manifest when that Saturn turns retrograde. And then we have this very nice full moon mm. in mid-June. Mm. Exciting. It really is exciting. It's powerful. Mm. Um, and, you know, to me, it looks like both good things and bad things are going to happen, but it looks like a time of revelations of truth yeah. coming out. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, I mean, I like what you said about that Saturn Neptune. It's kind of find your spiritual group. <laughs> I, I think so. It really is. And and we, we need to bring, you know, more of the sacred, more of the spiritual aspect into our communities. Um, mm. I think that's what people are hungry for. It's what really kind of matters. It's what really nurtures and and nourishes. Um, so, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like, who are you singing with? Yeah. You know, who are you singing with? And if you're not, I think it would be it's helpful for people to actually get out there and and make an effort mm. to do that. 
Mm-hmm. At the same time, we've got Jupiter going off into the sign of the individual and Mars. So yeah. that, that's quite a different kind of energy. Yeah, it is. Well, um, then that's all about, you know, that really is about the individual, isn't it? But maybe you can do both. You can have your group and you can take individual action. So, <laughs> um, well, and Jupiter is going, you know, is the ruler of Pisces. You know, it's a Pisces Sagittarius planet, isn't it? Mm. Um, and Jupiter is all about, um, not all about, but one of its thing, the one of its uh, the things that it rules is religion, is organized religion, isn't it? You know, yeah. popes are Jupiterian. Yep. Um. Okay, is that it? Are we going to stop now? Yes, we are. Because <laughs> we've been talking for some time. And <laughs> Okay, I think we better stop. We okay. need to wrap it up. But, yeah, have a great month, everybody. Thank you so much for listening in. And um, we'll see you uh, on the solstice. Yeah, bye. Take care.